This is Raptors Shoot Around. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guy. Give it to Leonard. Straight away against Thompson. They clear it out. He drives right. Double comes. Gets it to Van Vliet. Into the corner. Lowry's jumper blocked. And Golden State wins it. We will go to Oakland tomorrow. The Warriors survive Game 5. They defeat the Raptors 106-105. Yeah, you can hear the uh, air. And you'll notice a difference in the tone from my favorite phrase, Yes, guy. That's all I can say. Yes, guy. So close and yet so far away. Um, that, you know, that left final play. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Kawhi steps into double coverage. Uh, you know, a lot of people debating why he should, you know, why didn't he shoot? He, when he was asked that, he laughed. He, he was in double coverage. I don't, I don't see a shot there. They worked it around nicely to Lowry, and uh, his shot got blocked by Draymond Green. And that's just the way it goes when you're dealing with two and a half seconds and, and one play. And, and that's just... Again, it's the 9-0 run that, that wiped out the uh, 103-97 lead that gave Golden State the game. Uh, you know, there's another thing that gave Golden State the game, and that would have been the Raptors' three-point shooting, which was atrocious last night. Uh, the, the final total is 25%, 8 out of 32, while the other guys are canning 47.6%, 20 of 42. And that was a trend right throughout the whole game. In the first quarter alone, uh, Golden State was 7 of 10 with three-point land, 70%, obviously. 1 out of 6 for the Raptors, 16.7%. 2 out of 12 at the half. I mean, that is just an absolute pit that the Raptors dug themselves into at that point. Uh, they tried to get out of it. They did. They had a nice run led by Kawhi Leonard, and it just blew up at the final moment. And here we go on to Game 6. Uh, so there's plenty of angles that we're going to get into. Uh, one of them is the Kevin Durant Injury, the reaction to, and the reaction from Bob Myers, the president of the Golden State Warriors, who had a complete one-off reaction, very emotional, as he got up to the podium last night to explain. Steve Kerr was asked a lot of questions. He was the first coach up, and uh, he deferred right away to Bob Myers, and and that's the way they wanted to handle that. And I I think you would understand that they would want to separate that issue from the team because the team goes on, and Kevin Durant does not. Uh, You're going to get into the uh, discussion of cheering an injury, and uh, I know everybody's intentions. I'm going to assume everybody's intentions were good last night and uh, just caught up in the moment of a possible championship. But the way this is going to play out across North America, especially, well, south of the border, the way this is going to play out is an all-out attack on cheering an injured player. Just an absolute no-no, you know, and, and everybody understands that nobody really understood the extent of the injury. And when we saw the Raptors go over, Lowry with the hands down to quiet everybody, Danny Green, and then Serge Ibaka, and then the crowd responded with the the applause as uh, Durant hobbled off the court and was helped off the court, and then the the chant of KD. uh, Sort of a tone to it, but uh, I have to tell you that south of the border, people are going to pounce on this and going to make it an issue. There was another issue last night that our producer, Arad, showed me uh, two guys got sucker punched in downtown Toronto. They were wearing Golden State Warriors gear. And uh, I, don't, I saw the video. It's, it's dark, but, I mean, it's a sucker punch is a sucker punch. What the heck is that? That's just absolutely bizarre and, and not acceptable in our society. And it's going to play out south of the border as well. Now, you could say, I don't care what they say south of the border. And I'm not asking you to care, but I'm telling you it's going to play out that way just because that's the nature of the beast. Uh, Rad, uh, let's, let's have a little chat about this. Uh, the Durant thing was uh, uh, just nasty in terms of, uh, you know, this is a serious injury. And everybody understands, uh, you know, that his career could be altered. Certainly leaves a lot of money on the table. Uh, but we did watch him extensively in the warm-up and, and suddenly 
suddenly it all came back as to how good this guy was, out of sight, out of mind. And in the 12 minutes he played, he was stupendous. And then that happens. I mean, that was a, that, the, 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 the weird thing about this, Arad, is this could, be, uh, this could actually work in the Golden State Warriors' favor because they've got a rallying point. Exactly. I mean, you could, <clears throat> sorry, you could tell last night that after the injury, the Raptors were more deflated than the Warriors were. Like, even yeah. though Steph Curry was, you know, he had his towel on his head and Andre Iguodala was visibly shaken, you could tell the Raptors, like, it deflated them more. And the Warriors, that was just a motivation point for them. They all just went off after that. Well, funny things happen in the course of a 4-7 to seven format, and I have said this before, that when you go the full seven games, literally everything can happen and it should happen, even if it waits until the final moment. And so what happened last night are two things that, that you are certainly noteworthy, and I'm not going to tell you it leads to a Golden State rally, but I'm going to tell you that it plants the seeds. Uh, I'm not going to go down the negative train. The Raptors still have a solid chance here. I don't know what happens in Game 6. It's hard for me to predict three wins in the Oracle for the Raptors. Then uh, in Game 7, I'm just not going to touch. I'm not going to be negative, but I am going to tell you that there are possibilities out there, and you have to be aware of them. Uh, what can happen uh, in, in the seven-game series? Uh, two things happened last night that are noteworthy, and I said this earlier. The, the Golden State Warriors' three-point shooting was off until last night. Last night, it's 47.6%. The game before, it was 29.6%. This is what we saw last night is, is who the Warriors are. So I think I've said this yesterday, that we hadn't seen who the Warriors are yet, and we saw that last night. And, and it starts with uh, Kevin Durant getting a couple of threes early in the game. In the 12 minutes he played, he had three of them. Uh, it rippled through the team. Uh, I'm not telling you that uh, because he got the threes, everybody else did. But what we saw was Curry and Thompson playing the way they can. And, and that is, is a, a sort of a late arrival in the series. But it's here now, and you have to deal with it. Uh, in terms of the shooting last night, the Raptors, not so good, but, but not as bad as you may think. Overall, 44%. And Golden State was 46%. And, and on the foul line, uh, both teams could have done better but the, the bottom line is is they have their two guards firing at will they have a rallying point in that they're one of their teammates uh, and one of their, their future hall of famers a, a guy who is really a really really good basketball player went down with injury and i'm not going to tell you they're going to react to what happened with the reaction but but they they don't like to see injury because they understand how it alters his financial life and and his career that that's a serious injury an achilles tear and so he's going to be out for a long time he's a, he's a, a pending free agent and the difference between maybe the NBA and the hockey is a few more zeros. Everybody celebrates the money in the NBA, and, and the NHL you might look at as a cost control situation, although people are well paid, but not like the basketball players. So that, that's something that may stick to the wall. Really to get an idea of the ramifications of this injury and how it could be a rallying point and, and how it's just going to stick in the Golden State Warriors' uh, throat, let's go to the president and general manager, uh, Bob Myers, as he spoke at the end of the game. He's actually the right title as president of basketball ops and this guy was an emotional mess right from the start um uh, kevin had a, it's it's an achilles injury i don't know uh the extent of it he'll have an mri tomorrow um pri prior to coming back he went through four weeks with our medical team and um, it was thorough and it was experts and multiple MRIs and multiple doctors um, and we felt good about the process. Uh, he was cleared to play tonight. That, that was a collaborative decision. Um, 
I don't believe there's anybody to blame, but I understand this, this world. And um, if you have to, you can blame me. I, ru I run our basketball operations department. And um, let me tell you something about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant loves to play basketball. And the people that questioned whether he wanted to get back to this team were wrong. And I'm not here to. He's one of the. He's one of the most misunderstood people. He's a good teammate. He's a good person. It's not fair. I'm lucky to know him. I don't know um I don't have all the uh, information on what, what really the extent of what it all means until we get an MRI. But the people that worked with him and cleared him are good people. They're good people. With all due respect, what's your reasoning to say to point the finger at you? I'm, I am um, the president of the basketball. So he's the man in charge is what he's saying there. But that emotion was, wow, that's, that's stunning. Uh, and, and I don't know how to read that. I don't know if we, we need to read that. Uh, maybe there'll be a further explanation from people we'll have on, on the air today. But uh, that is a one-off. I, I can't recall anybody being that emotional for any, any subject uh, regarding injury or player departure ever in this business. Remarkable. Uh, Tim Legler and Scott Van Pelt on ESPN Sports Center. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Have you ever seen an executive, like in that situation, be that emotional? It was very surprising to me to yeah. watch Bob Myers. And like I, that. on one level, like you're trying to, like the source of it, you understand, like the guy went through everything to be back out there. And if, if you want to blame somebody, blame me. And by, he was cleared. But then, like, I mean, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, they just won, and they won remarkably, I thought. Yeah, that's it's such a strange emotion right there because they should be feeling exactly the opposite. They saved their season, potentially have another shot here to add to what this dynasty has been over the last five years. Right. They got another shot. They lived to see another day on Thursday, but like the humanity of what they were dealing with with this guy that not only is one of the all-time great players, but you know, a guy that these, they've come to love sure. over the years, and that's where they are mentally right after a game that's that emotional to close out in that fashion on the road very strange mix of emotions right there and i think for bob myers you know, that was coming from a place of ultimately he gets cleared from somewhere and he played and we all were wondering what were we going to see look good early but obviously that thing wasn't ready you don't know until you have to go and exert it right you don't know all the dry run workouts you want to do you really don't know until you have to go hard whether it's defensively or making an offensive move like that and the first time he really did it because he was measuring himself early in the game he finally went hard i'm going to go at a guy now i'm starting to feel pretty good That's when it gave. first plant it goes so clearly it wasn't ready even though everybody associated with the organization thought that it was 
So, you know, we were talking earlier about why Bob Myers would, would, uh, would talk, and uh, I think it's a, a thing to separate the, uh, the injury from the team. The team's going to deal with the game and the next game, and the injury goes into a different category, and you bring somebody else up there to talk. We weren't expecting the emotion, as those guys just mentioned, as I said earlier. Um, and, you know, if you're asking, like, how strange was it for a president of basketball ops to comment on the injury, I think it's, it, it happens um, out of a feeling of responsibility and, and just a way to distance the one event from the actual series because it's over. But I think of the emotional sway. Uh, I think we all went through that. I mean, uh, Dwayne and I were watching him warm up, and he looked really good. He was out there with uh, the help of an assistant coach and was trying all kinds of stuff. And in the game, I mean, he, he, he hit a couple of threes to start off, and you're going, wow, this is a different look. This could be a different series here. And, and I think that everybody would, would have been on the Warriors happy to see him excel. And, and as they said there, I mean, I think he played uh, 12 of the first 15 minutes. Now, he was pushing himself, and then at the, the ultimate moment, it just all blew up. And, and the emotion of that would certainly ripple through uh, the Golden State bench, the, the coaching staff, the front office, and even the Raptors bench because they understand how good this guy is. And they were probably having their eyes open to say, oh, we got to contend with now it's gone. Uh, and so the suddenness of it would have uh, had an emotional impact on, on just about anybody involved in the particulars of the game. Uh, this is Rachel Nichols here uh, going over what the doctors told Kevin Durant uh, about this injury and about playing with it. Um, I walked out of the building with Steve Kerr and, and Scott. I mean, he just kept saying to me, he's like, the doctors told us that he couldn't get more hurt by coming back, that he had cleared that hurdle. And he, he just kind of kept saying that over and over again. And I think that's the pain you see on someone like his face, Bob Meyer's face. They feel responsible uh, for, for this situation, even though, of course, no human's responsible for an injury happening to someone else. They, they do feel like, but we, were, but we thought this, and that's why we made that decision, and then this other thing happened. And you can see it's going to be a very long flight home for them. Yes, it is. But that's the protocol. Sometimes, you know, you wonder why people can't play with injury and, and why others can. And, and what she said there is absolutely 100% correct. It is the, the medical staff saying it won't get any worse. And once you're told that and you have a pretty good pain threshold or you can live with the, the, the what it does to your performance, you're willing to go because you want to do that for the team and, and you feel obligated, I guess, to continue on. So if you're told it's not going to get any worse, you're going to go with it, then you're going to test it as he did, and he probably developed some confidence in it, and then it just gave out. And, you know, the previous injury was the calf injury, and I'm not a doctor, and I've never played one on radio or television, and I don't understand if, if the calf's not functioning properly, how that affects the killing but everything's related, isn't it? Uh, on the broadcast today, I'm just going to map out what we have here. We have coming up next uh, Mike Golick, uh, Jr. from ESPN, followed by Matt Steinmetz, our good friend from 95.7, the Warriors affiliate. And, and that's just hour number one. Uh, in hour number two, I know that Brian Hayes from Overdrive will stop by, and so will Dwayne Watson, and we'll go over the game as well. You're listening to Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. we do for our guests. Next guest played at Notre Dame. He is Mike Golick Jr., co-host of Golick and Wingo with Mike Golick Sr. and Trey Wingo on ESPN Radio from 6 to 10 a.m. Mike, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys rolling out the audio red carpet there. Make me feel right at home. I mean, if I were you, this would be the song that wakes me up every morning. I mean, how could you not rise to the occasion with that music? Exactly. Well, you know what I do? So there's a hallway here at ESPN. It's our college football hallway, and it's got this soundboard where you can play pretty much every college football fight song. And so a lot of times on my way to breakfast, I'll hit the Notre Dame fight song, and I'll walk down the tunnel kind of like when I was running out to play. So it gets me jacked up for the morning. And like you said, 
I will rise all of my takes to the level that Notre Dame football taught me to. So we have a series that is going to go at least six, maybe seven. Golden State ekes out a win last night. What jumps off the page when you watch that game? What, what do you want to deal with here? Uh, I mean, I think jumping off the page to that one would just be, for me, on the actual on-court stuff, because obviously the Kevin Durant injury and the ramifications that that's going to have for the entire league can't be overstated. But as far as what happened on-court after that, because you had that hanging over this entire series leading up to it, and 12 minutes in, he looked every bit like the reason that you sit around and wonder about him as much as we did. He was electric. He was stepping in. He was making big shots. He was perfect from beyond the arc at that point. And then he's taken away from you in that moment by another injury, and you feel terrible for him in that moment. But then Golden State still had to play darn near two and a half quarters without him and still found a way to win. And I think that team now throughout this series, when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are both on the court and as healthy as Klay looked last night, this series is dead even. The swing game was when Clay was off the court. We know KD was still not involved for that game. And so I think that's got to give Golden State a lot of hope going forward is, all right, we know what we're capable of. And now, unfortunately, in the circumstances, the way they are, we have clarity about who we're going to have available for this game. We're going to be back in Oracle. And I'm sure in their minds they're saying, there's no way we lose all three games at our home arena during this series. Yeah, for me, that was the, the reveal last night was uh, the shooting, you know, the shooting from the, the outside, the three guys, uh, three-point guys, Curry and Thompson are back. They are united for the first time in the series, and look out. Yeah, and, and, well, and I think that's the thing is we went back and really looked at the games, and the production from Clay and Steph has really been there pretty consistently when they've both been on the court. It's been what level is their defense at? What level is the focus at been in that area? And focus has been a key word for them. And even last night, quite frankly, there was a bad backcourt violation that they had called on them in the waning moments of the game. A couple of unfortunate errors by Boogie Cousins that really all seemed to stack up as the game got down to the wire and that really coincided with Kawhi Leonard and Toronto's great run before that Nick Nurse timeout. And so... I think for Golden State, it's continuing to maintain that defensive focus and getting a performance like you did where Draymond goes 2-4 of four from beyond the arc, getting a performance where DeMarcus Cousins fills a huge rebounding board for you and point, pours in double-digit points of his own. Like They're going to need a couple of those guys to really step up in ways that, listen, have been consistent for Toronto getting performances out of their role players and not been nearly consistent enough for Golden State on their side. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big sway. You, you get all that outside shooting from Golden State and, and negligible outside shooting from the Raptors, which happens from time to time, but it's a pretty stark contrast, isn't it? It is a pretty stark contrast, and I think you have to give some of that credit to Golden State doing a better job on defense on the particular, particularly the name I mentioned before. Clay Thompson, the way he looked last night defensively, coming back now two games removed from missing time for that hamstring, I think is going to be a huge factor for this. We know what he does and what he means offensively for them, but Clay Thompson's one of the best two-way guys that we talk about. We know we laud Kawhi Leonard for being probably the tops in that category. But Clay Thompson is no slouch when it comes to his ability on both ends. And so you combine him and Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green and what they're able to do then, being able to switch guys off, especially since Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard are the chief guys for the uh, Toronto Raptors and the guys that are operating in that wing spot. I think that's huge for them and helps the way they're able to affect guys like that. And listen, you certainly had Fred Van Bleet get some early foul trouble. Kyle Lowry, just an off night for him. So some of those things are, are Golden State attributed absolutely, and others are just that. You know, listen, these are guys who 
you count on a different one to show up every game and maybe didn't get that last night. Yeah, it's funny, and you know how this format works. Four to seven is just absolutely stunning to me because by the slimmest of margins, something could happen, and that would be the Golden State win last night. And now, all of a sudden, uh, game six becomes the, the closing game at the Oracle and that's going to mean quite a bit to the Warriors, and uh, the Raptors sort of step into something there, don't they? Uh, they do. Now, the one thing, I, and we've heard that this morning, is, is you know we had Quentin Richardson on the show with us, longtime NBA veteran, who said he's sure that this morning there's some guys in the Toronto locker room that are waking up going, man, we let one slip away, and now we got to get back on a flight and fly back out to Oracle. And now we've given them and their home crowd a chance to really galvanize around this Kevin Durant injury, around the true final game in the Oracle Arena, and all these things. And I want to give Toronto a little more credit than that because the one thing we've also heard about this team, and you've seen it manifest in a lot of ways, they've really adopted a lot of Kawhi Leonard's mentality. You haven't seen celebrating after all these wins in the series. You haven't seen a lot of you know, the, the normal machinations like that. You've seen a very business-like approach that from the top down has really been dictated by Kawhi Leonard. There hasn't been a lot of that. There's been a single-minded focus. And I think when you've got Kawhi Leonard still at the helm is probably the best player in this series right now, bar none, you still have a level of confidence and a level of resolve that's just the trickle-down effect from what he's brought to this team really this entire season, but definitely during the postseason. Well, true enough. I mean, when, you know, the Raptors' uh, sort of playbook is built on resiliency and responding, and, and uh, they have a lot of success that way. And I would suggest to you, I don't think they're going to shoot 25% from outside. Uh, they shot 44% in, in Game 3. I mean, they have the ability. They just went cold for whatever reason last night. Uh, in your analysis of the game, was there anything that the Raptors messed up late, uh, late uh, in the, uh, with what, like three minutes left? People are arguing about timeouts and should Kawhi have shot even though there's two guys draped all over him yeah you know so I I think going backwards to forwards on that one because obviously the timeout is going to be the biggest thing but I said what an amazing world and you can really give all the credit to LeBron James in this where for the most part this morning I have not seen a real legitimate criticism of Kawhi Leonard not forcing that last shot we know and have heard Andre Iguodala really called his own number on that and went over for that trap that forced the ball out of Kawhi Leonard's hands and eventually into Kyle Lowry's and a contested shot that didn't go in. But what a world where now, because LeBron James took so many slings and arrows when it came to that process at the end of a game situation, we no longer really bat an eye at that. And Kawhi Leonard's allowed to make that play without a lot of pushback in that. So, no, I don't have a problem with him putting faith in a guy in Kyle Lowry who, quite frankly, has had a much improved postseason for him based on what we've seen in years past, in postseasons past from him in that backcourt in general in Toronto. But that Nick Nurse timeout, man, people are going to rightly skewer that. It's just I haven't heard a guy who played competitive basketball this morning stand up and say anything but, man, that was just overcoaching in a spot where you didn't need it, where you had a guy and a player in Kawhi Leonard. And I think you can look to the other sideline for this. Part of Steve Kerr's brilliance as a coach is knowing to when to just pull back the reins, to say, I've got transcendent players. I'm going to have confidence in them in these situations. And I think that was one of those situations where when Nick Nurse is honest with himself, he's going to say, I should have just let my great player in Kawhi Leonard continue to be great at that level. Because if you want to talk about resting guys or getting them ready for the next set or whatever it is, however you want to rationalize that situation, whatever your team was, Golden State was that and then some. They were exhausted and then some in that spot. They were reeling schematically and then some. And so I think you were uniquely positioned to just let your great player be great in that spot. And instead, Nick Nurse put too much of his fingerprints on the situation, and now 
you've got one of those clear cruxes that we can point back to if things really do fully go wrong. Yeah, I mean, clearly it was a turning point. Uh, you know, the Raptors had climbed the mountain. It took them the whole game to do it, and they had a 103-97 lead. Uh, that timeout happens, and then a 9-0 run, and that's your ball game. I don't even care about the last play. No, and I think that's the thing is the one stat that really jumped out to me is we hadn't had a fourth-quarter lead change this entire series. Like, people had gotten to the fourth quarter and held serve, and so to have that not only happen for the first time, but to have it happen at home and have the whole crowd on your side and have your best player in Kawhi Leonard, who had had a relatively quiet three-and-a-half quarters besides that, at least offensively, now operating in final form for him during that stretch, and to stifle that at all, it really made no sense. And we always point this out. Like, as a player, you recognize there's a lot of game left before and after certain moments like that. But, man, not all situations are created equal, and everyone recognized what a knockout opportunity that was for Toronto. And it just felt like one of those spots. We question things retroactively all the sure. time. In real time, we were looking at that situation saying, no, 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 why are you doing this? Yeah, so how do you think this series plays out now? I think it's going seven. I really just, knowing Golden State now, because certainly for Toronto, you don't have to prepare for the Kevin Durant likelihood anymore. But for Golden State, you now have that clarity, too. You don't have what had been clearly weighing on them was this decision and this understanding of when Kevin Durant was going to come back, if at all. Everyone's clear, and now you've got a team that is fired up in Golden State that is going back home to a place where they were embarrassed losing two games during that home stretch at the beginning part of this series in the potential closeout for an arena that had meant so much to them. And I think with that clarity and with that resolve, you see the benefit of championship experiences in the past. So I think it's going to go seven, and I think it's anyone's game at that point. But I don't discount what the resolve of Kawhi Leonard, a former Finals MVP, would mean in a potential Game 7 scenario. But we've got a Game 7 going on, and, man, it would be crazy to see another 3-1 lead blown in my lifetime. But <laughs> this is what the benefit of Golden State, Golden State and their championship pedigree does. It makes my peanut brain go, well, if anyone can do it, it's those guys. Well, for one thing, it's, it's probably a lot better than you expected when the series started, right? Oh, listen, it, it, this, is all, this has all exceeded our, our wildest expectations as far as a series because going into this, you knew it. I, I said, you know, I thought Golden State was going to win at six originally because I said this is a darn good Toronto team, but I, I don't think I realized just how peak efficient they would be operating, especially offensively. It has been a banner showing, and, and quite frankly, a testament to what this franchise is building for years, obviously adding Kawhi was the piece de resistance in all this, but they've been building it up to this point for years. So what we have gotten, I think, is blown away anyone's expectation and certainly put a lot of people on notice for what Kawhi Leonard is as a player and what Toronto has built as a team. Mike, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mike Golick Jr., uh, the Twitter account, Jr. 57. He's the co-host of Golick and Wingo with Mike Golick Sr. and Trey Wingo on ESPN Radio. Airs from 6 to 10 a.m. every Monday to Friday. Every weekday. It's what I was looking for. Is that right, Arad? A little, little fuzzy this morning. Bear with me. Absolutely. I mean, if fans were listening last night, they know me and you were... Uh, I was producing and you were on air until about 1.30 a.m. So. Yeah, so the, the, you know, my favorite phrase has a different tone to it today. I'm just, yes, guy. Does that tell you anything? Absolutely, it does. Yes, guy. 
Thank you. Uh, coming up next, Matt Steinmetz, and uh, he is here from 95.7, the Warriors affiliate. He has a show from 10 to noon, so where he is right now, it's like 7.33 in the morning. Also the host of NBA This Week podcast. And you remember last week, he was all over the uh, the minority owner, Mark Stevens, uh, for what he did in the Kyle Lowry incident. So I don't know how he's going to react to what happened last night, but fascinated to find out. Uh, you're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Yeah, just go with the flow. Raptors shoot around. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Coming up in hour number two, we will have Dwayne Watson at 1120, Brian Hayes at 1140, and the three of us all sat together in our broadcast location last night and had various takes on the game. A lot of people are talking about the, the timeout uh, assessment by Nick Nurse, and a lot of people aren't referring to the look that Kyle Lowry gave him and the uh, Kawhi Leonard situation in, in terms of fatigue. And uh, at the top of the hour, when Arad joins us, I'm going to talk about a negative situation that could have come out of that. But in the post game, uh, there was no uh, really concern from Nick Nurse on that situation. It's one of those things where you know the outcome and you'd like to go back and, and relive one of the moments. You'd like to do an edit on what you saw. And I always defer to the people uh, involved at the at the moment because they have the body language. Uh, they're, they're dealing with the currency of what's happening right in front of them and we are watching from the side. Uh, in the meantime, we'll, we'll, we'll explore that later on. But there's a couple of things that jump off the page from last night's game. Obviously, the three-point shooting for the Warriors was outstanding and just dreadful for the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors did make some adjustments. Four turnovers for 10 points in the first quarter and by the end of the night it was 13 for 20 so they were adjusting they had an opportunity it just didn't work out let's bring in matt steinmans now from uh 95.7 the warriors affiliate he has a 10 to noon show there and host of the nba this week podcast matt welcome how are you i'm good how are you guys very good what was your take on last night's game oh boy my take on last night's game was that Oh boy! Wow, wow there was so much going on. Really, oh. uh, my takeaway was that uh, you, you got to give the Warriors credit. I mean, they've they've been in this position before. Um, they've risen to the occasion most of the time. Uh, the only time they haven't was was the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers when Cleveland came back uh, from three one. Uh, you know, the the one my one takeaway would be this: that everybody assumed that if the Warriors, with Kevin Durant returning, could get game five, that that might be the toughest game. And that, uh, you know, if they could get game five and Durant comes back, it, it, it would almost, for the Warriors in a little kind of a way, it almost get easier. Um, but actually, the Warriors have won game five, but to win one out of the next two has just gotten infinitely harder uh, now because they're going to have to do it without Kevin Durant and over the course of this series, I think the, the the Raptors have proved they're a better team than the Warriors when the Warriors don't have Durant. Now they just got to go out and prove it and win one out of the two games against the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors, Raptors might be better than the Warriors without Durant, but it, it doesn't mean the Warriors couldn't couldn't squeak out two wins here on Thursday and Sunday. So I think it got a lot harder for the Warriors, but then again, maybe a little opportunity was missed too by uh, Toronto. You know, I, I got stuck on the the Durant thing just because we when we did the pregame show, I watched him warm up extensively and how he he worked on on various things and and, and certainly uh, hit the ground running with a great performance in the twelve minutes, and then suddenly it was gone, and then there was this sort of emotional residue that that just hung over the game, both teams, yeah. and then and then Bob Myers at the end. I mean, I don't know how this plays out, but I have a feeling it's going to play out some way. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think it is too. You know, there's, I mean, there's so many things to look at here. Uh, you know, should Kevin Durant have been playing? Um, that, that's that's going to be the big one. Should he have been playing? And all all I can tell you is, and I'm I'm about to, I'm doing my show out here in about two hours, and I don't know how we get around the fact uh, out here that you know for the last couple days maybe week or so, there have been a lot of fans out there calling in saying, uh, this is kind of BS about Kevin Durant. And, uh, you know, Kevon Looney was ruled out for the season. And he ended up coming back. Clay Thompson wanted to play game three. Uh, they held him out. He ends up coming back. Hell, even DeMarcus Cousins, uh, when he suffered his quad injury early in the first uh, round, they thought he was done for the playoffs at that point. And you know what? He, he ended up coming back and is, is giving it a try. What, what, why can't Kevin Durant do this? And you know, what, does it have to do with the fact that he's a free agent, has checked out already? And, you know, I, I'm sorry to say this, but those are the kind of fans that have to come to bear today because I, I think that may have been um, at least partially an issue in, in him coming back. Uh, the Bob Myers emotion, I don't know the man, and that's the first time I've ever seen him speak. Is that the way he is? Yes. Uh, let me tell you something about Bob Myers. He, he used to be an agent, okay, and uh, then was hired with the Warriors. And about 12 years ago, 12, 15 years ago, I was covering the Golden State Warriors for a, uh, for a paper out here, the Contra Costa Times. It, uh, we traveled, but it was a smaller paper. Um, and... You know, he, he was a big wig agent, and I just what I always remember is you know he was the one agent who would always call me back. He'd always return my texts, and and the real you know some of the bigger boys, you know they don't even they they don't do that. They don't they don't know who you are. They don't answer uh, those kind of things. Bob Myers has always been uh, responsive, and and that that is who Bob Myers is. Uh, I'll tell you another story about Bob Myers is. Um, you know, I've had a chance to chat with him on several occasions, kind of off the record. And the one thing uh, in the last year or two that always comes up for him as a theme is he says, hey, Matt, what, what do you think is going to happen? Or what will what, happen if we go 45 and 37 and maybe we lose in the first round of the playoffs? And I said, I, I don't know. I said, I think people are going to be really, really disappointed. And he's like, yeah, I'm – I think so too. He's like, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think about that because we've been so good for so. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't say, "Look how good we are." He's already thinking. You know, it might not be easy once we come down from this thing. So he's 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 aces. This guy's a class act, and um, and I and I, I've said that long before what happened last night. So I mean, it is kind of a storm or the center of a storm. I mean, you've you've identified all this stuff from, from people phoning in. How there's I don't want to say animosity, but doubt about about Durant's yeah. situation. Uh, and then I'm going to take you to to what I saw last night. Uh, I saw the warm up. I saw him play. I saw him go down. I watched him go down. And then of course there was that ripple of applause, which is embarrassing because people didn't understand. We're going to assume that. And then there's the the other embarrassing thing is a lot of the Raptors are telling people that hey, this is serious like with the hands down to, to quiet down and then all of a sudden he's he's helped off the court and then there's the it goes from that to applause to a KD chant I mean that's that's a weird sm- uh, sway and, and mix of emotion there yeah I mean honestly I was watching the game uh, with the sound down so 
Good call. But then I, then I ended up turning it up. And I, you know what? My my wife, uh, she she has this phrase, and it's called assume good intent. Yeah. And uh, it's like you kind of try to assume the best in, in people. And what I what I hope would happen is, you know, the the play got hurt on. It was a steal and a breakaway. And when when I watched it. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I I didn't see Durant go down. I just saw one. I just saw a breakaway layup, and I'm hoping that's what Raptor fans saw. And then they saw Kevin Durant, you know, laying down there. And then they realized, you know, we got an issue. Um, it's it's not just a steal and a breakaway dunk. It's a it's a serious injury. Um, so I, I have to assume that the majority of fans, uh, that's the way they viewed it. They when, once they found out a guy was hurt. They realized the guy was hurt. Um, you, you know, the, so I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to criticize an entire fan base um, for what might have been a misunderstanding or what might have been just a few people. Uh, but that, that's kind of the way I could see something like that happening. And, you know, the other thing is, I don't, I mean, I think the percentage of people on planet Earth that would actually cheer when a guy has what's going to be a season-ending injury, I don't think many people would do that if they really know the circumstances. So, again, I'm um, going to assume that that wasn't as bad as it looked and that things happened in in the – look, the Warriors minority owner pushed Kyle Lowry and told him to go F himself twice. So we we all know what can happen in the heat of emotion, and I just think maybe we maybe maybe here's where we cut everybody a break. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I'm not I'm not being critical either. I'm just trying to identify that it was an innocently awkward moment that seemed right. to resonate on, on both rosters, and I don't know if that carries forward or not, but it did it did impact both rosters. Oh, absolutely. I think it. You know what? And I think this is one of those things that that can impact the league in a little bit. Uh, a little way because I mean you saw all the NBA players saying you know prayers up for KD and and that is the one thing I think gets hammered home uh, on a night like last night this is this is a, this is a fraternity yep. the, these players and whether we like it or not we ain't in that fraternity mm-hmm. uh, we'll never be in that fraternity and we'll never have that bond with those 400 500 players that they have uh, with each other. And and a night like last night, I think, is when the players really kind of come together. And, you know, there's going to be fallout from this. Make no mistake. There's going to like, – I, I don't know that this is going to happen, but I, I don't – I wonder if this won't really hurt kind of the Warriors' reputation um, uh, in some ways. That, you know, did they – you know, you go out and you see Kevon Looney in, in – in pain, and you go out and you see Kevin Durant get hurt, and I can't help but think some some people might not think, well, how can this team's letting these guys out there? Now, obviously, these are grown men; they're going to play if they want. But uh, you know, there's there's going to have to be kind of, I think I don't, not that there's going to have to be, but I think there's going to be a reckoning among players, and 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 you know, if you're an NBA player and and you hear people criticizing you for, for being soft and not coming back when they think you should, even though they don't know what the injury is. You know, this, this can harden NBA players a little bit in terms of, you know what, I ain't coming back until I'm 100%. Because the, 
bottom line is I don't know what the answer. I don't know what the injury that Durant is in terms of severity, but he impacted his future in 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 a in a huge huge way, and you know he's going to have to deal with that now. Uh, in, in terms of you know, if, if there's somebody to blame for this, and I, I don't know that there is, Bob uh, Myers said the ultimate line: "If you want to blame somebody, that's the way the world is. It's me." I, I you know, you you testified that he was somewhat emotional, and that's the kind of guy he is. I, I just think that uh, maybe I, I don't think. Maybe I'm going to ask you if with with that kind of an emotional display, is that what you want from your president of basketball ops, or is it just totally acceptable because that's who he is? Yeah, I think I think that was that was a special circumstance, to tell you the truth. And um, yeah, that what Bob Myers did may have kind of been wow for the rest of the league. Um, but the Warrior fans, they've they've seen this side of him before. They, I mean, he's very thoughtful. All right, he's he's um, he's a nice guy. There's just no doubt about it. He's a really nice guy. He's humble. Um, he's actually a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, like, uh, let me tell you, think one thing about Bob Myers is, you know, the Warriors front office and mostly their owner, Joe Lake, um, you know, he, he's considered pretty arrogant. And uh, I don't think he's very well liked by the rest of the league, by the rest of the owners. Uh, it stems from the light years comment, obviously. But, you know, he does think, the owner out here, that, that you know, they got a little something on every other organization uh, in the NBA. Uh, Bob Myers is uncomfortable with that. Um, he, you know, he's more, you know, you know, he's more saying, "Look, we, you know, this is Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry, you know, became one of the greatest players in, in the NBA. You know, I didn't make him the greatest player. I didn't even draft Steph Curry." And you know, he'll say things like, "You know, if Kevin Durant doesn't decide to come here." We're probably not in this spot. He's not saying, you know, hey, we went out and got Kevin Durant because we're the Warriors. He's, he really is someone who is uh, who's a very good person, and um, I think I think you saw that last night when when he was up there. Matt, thanks. It was for your... nothing fake at yeah. all. Okay, then good to know that. Thanks very much, Matt. From ninety five point seven, the Warriors affiliate, ten a.m. to noon is his regular show. Also, the host of the NBA This Week podcast. Some interesting insight there, and but I I, I kind of I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I, I kind of like the, the the term I used, innocently awkward, because I think that really sums it up and gives everybody the, the proper respect. Uh, but you could see the ripple effect. Obviously, you know if, if Raptors players who know this guy and respect him see him hurt on the court, and they're asking you to understand that that's what's happening. They don't really want to be put in that position, but they have to do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, and that's just an awkward thing in a, in a game where you could be clinching an NBA championship. So innocently awkward really works for me to describe that situation. The question would be, how does that play out the rest of the way? Is it something the Warriors can focus on or, or use as motivation if you, if you actually need that for motivation? I'm searching for the words here, but, but you, they can actually use that to their benefit if, in fact, they want to. And we'll see if, if it plays out that way. i got to believe there's, there's uh, better ways to, to move forward. But it was a, a moment that was noticeably effective on both benches and anybody involved in the game that was down low. That's for sure. Coming up next, we'll go over the ins and outs of what happened last night, the 106-105 loss to the Golden State Warriors. Dwayne Watson and Brian Hayes will join us as well. This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.